Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. <laughs> I was hoping for clown music, circus music. This is such an exciting arc. It's got everything. It has Jedi philosophy. It has lightsabers. It has pirates. But most importantly, 
It has the tears of a clown, a Gamorian clown. I remember the first time I saw that, then somehow I forgot and I saw it the second time. And it was like, (laughs) it was like tasting chocolate again for the first time. Like you forgot what chocolate tasted like. (laughs) The tears of a clown. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Excellent circus music. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. The person making circus music is Ken Napsok, and we are ex- excited to dive into this next arc that we are discussing of the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, Ken, you have any any thoughts about our journey so far? Uh, journey so far, just overall in Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting into yeah. this this part of you know season yeah. five where where it's like um, it's kind of daunting to prepare each episode because yeah. there are multiple episodes. Uh, but then you just like look back and we're like, we've only uh, done two episodes of our podcast about season five, but we're about halfway done with the season. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Look, kids, uh, be careful how you, how you grow up uh, in Chase Your Dreams. I always hated book reports in school. And now we do Star Wars book reports and uh, Star Wars Clone Wars reports, which are uh, like book reports. And uh, it's actually a lot of fun. But yeah, this was a lot, a lot of notes, a lot of themes, though. At the end of the day, I boil this one down. Uh, to, to some simple themes, but the overall journey of the Clone Wars report has been so wonderful for me personally. And I bring it up a lot, but these episodes are real, like kind of signposts on that road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved, I was excited to revisit these and just kind of revisit my feelings about the episodes then and now, and, 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 and a lot of fun for this one. Ooh, yeah! I'm very excited to get into this because this has always been one of uh, one of the ones I enjoyed uh, when I was watching it through the first time. Uh, next arc, we'll get into the old D list, the droids, the D squad. Uh, that'll be a fun discussion and a fun revisit. But for now, we are talking about the Gathering arc. It is season five, episode six, The Gathering, written by Christian Taylor and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. Season five, episode seven, A Test of Strength, written by Christian Taylor and directed by Bosco Eng. Season five, episode eight, A Bound for Rescue, written by Christian Taylor and directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. And season five, episode nine, Unnecessary Bond, written by Christian Taylor and directed by Danny Keller. Again, like in the, uh, the Saw Gerrera arc that we watched, the Andron arc, all the same writer, and then just a murderer's row of Clone Wars directors. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I love, I love all these names. And I, I never really lived with these names before, you know, just by watching and loving the show. Uh, and this is another thing. When you go back and revisit, you can look at those details. Yeah, and I know that uh, many of them continue to work on Rebels and Bad Batch, so I can't uh, wait to see uh, what other names continue to pop up. But uh, for now, we're going to head into our summary. Once again, this summary for me, Ken, was a failure. I tried to keep it. <laughs> Relatively short, I skip many events, but the scope of these four episode arcs are long, so I'll try to get through this uh, as quickly as possible, while still doing it at a pace that is enjoyable. So here we go. Jedi tradition. Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano guides six younglings to complete a sacred ritual, the construction of their first lightsabers. The younglings, Petro, Ganodi, Biff, Katuni, Zat, and Gungi, (laughs) <laughs> or Goongi, yes. depending on the character, right. are met on Ilum by Jedi Master Yoda. He instructs them they must venture into the crystal cave and find the kyber crystal that calls to them. But they must also race against time to make it out before the ice wall blocking the cave freezes over. 
Inside, the younglings face their flaws, impatience, doubt, fear, selfishness, and more. They all emerge victorious with their crystals, a successful trial, but wait, there's more. On board the Jedi cruiser, the Crucible, the younglings meet Professor Huyang, an ancient droid who has guided many generations of Jedi in the construction of their one true ally, the lightsaber. As the younglings struggle to calm their minds and use their intuition to complete their blades, danger strikes! The Weequay pirate Hondo Onaka attacks the Jedi ship, desperate to acquire the kyber crystals, which will sell for a fortune on the black market. As the pirates board the ship, Ahsoka devises a plot to use the vacuum of space to flush the pirates off the ship. She instructs the younglings to hide, but fate and hubris intervene. The younglings must face the real and harrowing challenge of fighting the pirates. Through a mix of pluck and invention, the younglings survive. Ahsoka takes on the pirates and successfully kicks them off the ship, but at the last moment, she too is swept off the Jedi ship into the hands of the pirates. Upset at the loss of the crystals, Hondo decides to ransom Ahsoka instead. The younglings call the closest Jedi for help. Obi-Wan Kenobi, no stranger to being called for help, answers and attempts to dispatch Commander Cody, but Kenobi's fleet is assaulted by the vicious General Grievous. The younglings put the time to good use, though, completing their lightsabers. Except for Katuni, who feels she needs more time. The damaged Jedi ship must land, so the younglings decide to rescue Ahsoka on the pirate planet of Florum. Using their Jedi skills and impressive teamwork, the younglings pose as circus acrobats working for Prego's traveling world of wonder. They infiltrate Hondo's party and find the vicious pirate very clearly drunk off his weak way butt. They rescue Ahsoka, but Hondo's pirates give chase. After a valiant attempt, the Jedi cruiser is destroyed and the Jedi are recaptured. But wait! In the meantime, Grievous's forces have overrun Kenobi's fleet and made planet fall on Florum. The Separatists are taking over the planet. Hondo gets a hollow call from Count Dooku, making it very clear this is revenge for that one time Hondo held Dooku for ransom. Ahsoka and the younglings convince their pirate captors to work with them. Together, they rescue Hondo, who holds valuable information about the location of his secret fleet that will get them off the planet. Hondo bonds with young Katuni, encouraging her to complete her lightsaber. The teams are separated. Hondo and Katuni make it to the secret fleet and board the rebuilt fire spray attack ship that Aura Singh crashed on the planet many moons ago. Katuni appeals to Hondo's honor. Everyone trusted him, and the pirate gives in. He flies the ship to the rescue. Ahsoka holds off Grievous long enough for the Padawans to board the ship. Hondo and the Jedi rendezvous with Republic Fleet, where Kenobi compliments the Padawans on completing such a difficult trial. They touch lightsabers. It's beautiful. The end. <laughs> Big applause. Sir. Thank That's, you. Oh, thank you. Some thank of your you. best work. Thank some you. of your best work there. You say that every time. It's very kind of you. It's well, very you kind just, of you. You keep raising the bar. <laughs> well, it's really fun to boil down. The reason that I started doing the summaries is because I, I really do feel like it's important in the analysis of these episodes of like, what are they actually fighting for? What triggers mm -hmm. the conflict, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes with the Jedi, are they attacking or are they defending? Are they in doubt? Uh, if it's a Padme episode or a Mandalorian episode, like what true valuable political ideas are at stake? Uh, and then it's really fun to just truly boil them down to the essential plot beats. And uh, sometimes you discover there are a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. And, and it, it is, it's a helpful reminder at the start for me more than uh, anyone. Just, just like, yep, that's right. That's right. That's right. I love to track. But anyways, so, yeah. so it's not easy to do. It's kind of like writing a treatment for a screenplay you just written. Uh, you know, 120 page screenplay. I can't write one page to summarize. <laughs> Boil it down. Uh, yeah. So it also helps me just kind of really pull back and, and try to see the, the arc, the story in the big picture. Yeah. Let's talk, though, overall reaction. Uh, do you love it? Like it? Struggle with it? It sounds like you maybe struggled with it back in the day yeah i I, i've always loved the gathering episode specifically that one i've always loved that uh and and one of the reasons just it introduced this new lore in such a compelling way and i never thought too much about lightsabers yes you can make the references to my um old uh I, i was here for the war more than the lore of the jedi and all that kind of stuff but i just i just you know, a lightsaber is you, 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 you go to the Jedi store, you buy one, you lose it, you buy another, right? Like, it's just kind of how, that's all I thought, the thought I put into it. And more obviously started to emerge and the importance of, it wasn't that I didn't feel uh, lightsabers were important. Uh, New Hope took care of that. Uh, it stays, states it pretty explicitly, I think. And then uh, some of the stuff, Attack of the Clones and beyond. But I just, it was something so new and I never thought about it in this way. And it was so just epic and mythic, really, you know, almost like sword in the stone type of stuff with these these crystals and, and kyber crystals were always just kind of a weird trivia thing to me, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's uh, this thing called the kyber crystals. And yes, there, there, excuse me. There's um, uh, other things uh, out there. Like uh, I think Jedi quest. I was looking up some of the spots where Ilum first appeared and everything. There's other EU stuff that dealt with some of the lore. Me kind of like didn't until this episode, the other stuff, uh, you know, uh, not, it's not even that wasn't my favorite. It's weird to look at the time. This is coming off the Andron arc number one. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was the, some of the biggest stuff. And pew, pew, pew. And wow, man, war. That's why, that's why I love Star Wars to fighting, you know, for me. But the, also, Joseph, the broadcast of this was in November 2012. Wow. The sale had happened. And wow. my head was more in that space. And then you sit down and it's like, a, a circus? What, what am I watching here? And that, so I haven't revisited these as much. I've seen them since then, but this is the first revisit since those episodes. So it wasn't even that I like didn't like it. It's not like a Rift Hampson thing. It's just like, I just kind of wasn't thinking about Clone Wars. I was thinking about new movies. Right. <laughs> different right. time. You were sort of like, okay, yeah, yeah. Th- this show's going on. It's doing its thing. Sometimes it's uh, cool and there's a lot of action. Sometimes they're just kind of yep. weird, weird stuff. And come on, Han, Leia, Luke are back. When's that going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every, yeah, everything here is fine, and, and and that's why when we get to some of it, like favorite action, like there's way more action than I remember because I just, <laughs> I just I just remember a circus, right? And 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 it was uh, 2012, weird that November, like it's fresh, it's fresh. Yeah, wow, that's so amazing. I love hearing your perspective, having actually watched it since I didn't watch it uh, as it was broadcast, and I watched it in this uh, uh, voracious uh, uh, speed binge speed gobble <laughs> in, uh, in 2014 uh, and was, uh, you know, shocked to discover how much I was loving it. Uh, by now, I was absolutely uh, uh, in love with it. Uh, loved the Gathering episode. That one really stuck with me, uh, I think, yeah. because of all of the lightsaber lore. I remember somebody gave me, this is probably like early 2000s, close to when it first came out, the very first Star Wars visual dictionary. Uh, it's a pretty slim volume. Uh, but it's yeah. got the picture of Luke's lightsaber and it's got like, here's the Kyber crystal. And like, yeah, I'd read about crystals and, you know, various books or, you know, online things or whatever. Uh, I was kind of aware of that. that yeah, there's a crystal and a lightsaber. 
But this one had the like, you have to use the force to get it in there. Like not anybody else can just construct a lightsaber. It requires the force to guide it in. That's what the visual dictionary said. And I remember just being like, that's so great. That's perfect. This is a Jedi's weapon. Like Han might Mm -hmm. be able to wield it, but he can't build it. Uh, So I always loved that idea just from one little piece of text on a visual dictionary. Um, And then this one went so much farther and and created, um, at least in like traditional main Star Wars uh, canon, uh, so much that uh, that has been built from about the sentience of Kyber crystals, their their power about Ilum, all this stuff. Uh, So it's kind of hugely important for Jedi lore and Jedi philosophy, this arc. Yeah, and I love, I, I love, uh, I don't want to say this is, I wouldn't describe anything in here as a change, right? Especially based on what you're saying from the first visual dictionary. But with the, the, the Sith having synthetic crystals and that kind of becoming this concept of bleeding the blade. And I think it was the Soka novel, right? That kind of really first put that out there. Mm-hmm. I understand if you were like, and I was, I knew the synthetic blade thing, even though I wasn't steeped in EU stuff. And, and it sucked to lose a trivia answer. But I really liked the way they dealt with the new one. It just seemed more, it just, I don't know, it just seemed right. The Sith just, dump all their rage into the, into the blade that just, just works for me so the the gathering doesn't change a lot of things but for me it introduced it, a, a lot of lore uh and it just got me thinking about lightsabers in a way i had never thought before. yeah yeah and i mean there is you know from that review we did of the Gennady Tart- tartakovsky original clone mm-hmm. wars like you know there's ilum stuff there there's crystal stuff there and it's and it's great and i love that it's kind of presented it's presented very spiritually but it's also like super action and they're defending them right um and this was so much more about that great fantasy of even as an adult, I was able to put myself in the mindset of a kid. Right. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's about this journey of going in there and I'm going to have to face my flaws and the anxiety of like, well, a, a Kyber crystal called out to me and I just have to trust that there's nothing I can do. Like right. I remember that episode giving me anxiety on my couch is a very much adult in 2014. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, th- that specific episode really does speak to me, but I really love the the whole arc. I love how much it's uh, kind of the high fantasy side of Star Wars. Everything from crystal caves, sacred planet, uh, you know, how, how to make mystical swords work, pirate attacks, wandering troubadours and theatricals. Uh, you know, as a, as a yeah. longtime theater performer, I love seeing performers. I love seeing uh, the the circus. Um, I'm fascinated by how, hair, how uh, Star Wars changes over the years because there is parts of this that feel like it is responding to Harry Potter, you know? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and that was some of it too. Again, not that I didn't like it, but back then it's just like, all right, you got the Onderon arc so steeped in real world history, so steeped in war and conflict. And then you got Jim Cummings doing a very real world take on an old school circus boss. Like he's, you know, wizard of Oz, you know, like it was, I just didn't know how to react to that back then. But I, I second around, I really agree with you. It really just fills out this galaxy. Yeah. It's, it's Steven Stanton doing Prego, right? I thought it was Jim Cummings, but maybe you're right. No, I'll we, double check that. Okay, yeah. I would um, never want to take a credit credit away from Stephen Stan. <laughs> I know, I know. And and yeah, I, I always try to grab the um the You might have yeah, credits, I might have I might be wrong. I might the, be wrong on that or, one. Oh, because uh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does does he I, I might have looked up and he does uh doesn't he do Hondo? Yeah. Yeah, Jim Cummings is Hondo. Yeah, that's what. Sorry. Oh my God, Stephen, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he doesn't listen anymore. At least, uh, I'm so sorry. You're right. You're right. It was it's Stephen Stanton. And um, okay, yeah, didn't I just did not want to concern any of the <sighs> Stephen Stanton stands uh, out there. That, you know, it's 
Oof, thank you, sir. Thank you. No, no problem. No problem. Um, there's so much to keep track of in old Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, another thing I like about this this arc uh, is that it is so uh, it's clear, clearly showing that there is a trajectory and a plan with Ahsoka. Right? She has been learning, growing, yeah. leveling up, uh, uh, facing her own flaws, coming to her own conclusions throughout. Uh, the show, but this season is really aware of where she is at, really positioning kind of her story as the the spine of this anthology series, and to see her at this place where she is still a Padawan, but she's the wise mentor to younglings now, and even has great moments where she knows the bad choices that they're going to make because that's what she would have done. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah. such great, great growth from Ahsoka heading into uh, the finale of this uh, season. And uh, it, it, th- these episodes have grown a lot for me, particularly Ilm, because, um, and even Professor Yang, because now they're even more in the Star Wars world, right? Like we get yeah. to play through these areas in Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some relationship to Hugh Yang's stuff with the actual lightsaber building experience at galaxy's edge it's really immersed in canon a hundred percent and he's not yet shown up in high republic right but he definitely deserves to be there <laughs> i think he's been i think he's been mentioned, mentioned right right yeah mentioned you're right yeah yeah which is good uh final thing for me on the kind of big picture i do like that this is sort of clone wars cleanup right um if at some point they're going to be like, we've kind of done a lot of things with Hondo. What is his morality? Let's deal with that. Uh, hey, wouldn't Dooku be really furious about being held for ransom? Hey, uh, didn't we crash uh, the Fett ship? Should we do something with that? It just, it. there's a yep. lot of it that feels like, uh, let's go back for that. Yeah, and I can't wait to discuss the Hondo of it all. So many Hondo thoughts. And uh, you're absolutely right about uh, a little uh, reminding it's truly serialized here. Absolutely. So let's talk about the moral of the episodes. Four episodes, four morals. Here they are. He who faces himself finds himself. The young are often underestimated. When we rescue others, we rescue ourselves. Choose your enemies wisely, as they may be your last hope. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, This is where we often get to hear lessons from uh, Little League baseball coach Ken (laughs) from years past. Uh, What spoke to you in these morals? I think the most important of these morals and, and the one that, when, again, when I broke down the themes, there's a lot of themes and a lot of, a lot of episode, right? There's a lot of episode mm-hmm. in each episode, if you know what I mean. Uh, I really, at the end of the day, kept the themes pretty simple. And to me, they all generate out of the first episode, episode 506. So that, that moral of he who uh, faces himself finds himself, uh, you know, they who face themselves find themselves. I, I really love that one. I get that one. And I think that's, it's so crystal clear in those episodes. Oh, hey, not a pun there on Christmas. Uh, not no wordplay for me. Uh, I do, though, enjoy Choose Your Enemies Wisely, so may you realize hope. It makes me think of, you know, I don't dislike my neighbors, but I don't talk to them. But if an earthquake hits, <laughs> we're all in this together. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah, no, I like I like that that one is very direct as to what happens uh, in, yeah. in the episode. But it is also like uh, a little bit of a different way. For me to say that uh, great Star Wars, uh, we all have to work together sometimes, which is kind of a thing that they talk about in this story yeah. arc. Yeah. I was really affected by when we rescue others, we rescue ourselves. Um, obviously, that ties to the actual episode. Um, but to me, that's just such a big part of Jedi philosophy, right? Like the Jedi can talk about being selfless, right? And, and that is a yeah. part of it of like, hey, if we were on a planet and uh, we were starving, the Jedi would give the food to somebody else. Or if they're in a, in a situation where uh, 
they are protecting someone and someone has to die, there's no way out, the Jedi would, would step up, right? So there yep. is an element of selfless. But this philosophy of we are all connected to the force, we are symbiotic, uh, we are symbiont. So what happens to one of us affects the others. I really see that in that when we rescue others, we rescue ourselves. Uh, I, I think for me, it, it does tie into real world beliefs, which I don't need to get uh, too deeply into. Um, but this idea of not when we help others, obviously, it often makes us feel good. So mm -hmm. there's just that. Um, but there's also that like a lot of things that we perceive as somebody else's problems. If you help them, it actually makes things better for everybody. And you yeah. are a part of everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that one really touched me because it, it, it touches on a, a lot of beliefs that I've been thinking about a lot in, in real mm -hmm. life as well as Star Wars philosophy. It's, it speaks to compassion and empathy. Uh, th those things seem to pop up in Star Wars a lot. Yeah, yeah. Not us versus them, but just us. <laughs> us. Uh, so let's get into uh, the themes, the ideas at stake in these episodes. You said you had kind of boiled it down uh, for, for yourself. Uh, a lot of complex uh, things in these episodes, a lot of just episodes in the episodes. Um, what were the, some of the big ideas you pulled out? Yeah, uh, it, it all, the, the big one for me in, in, in a series that is about hope versus fear, you get to get to join these younglings on this this path of growth, which is a hard path of growth. And I love in the beginning, they're all so excited to build sabers and, and kind of cheering. Yay, we got our weapons, not knowing the lessons <laughs> ahead. It's not easy. That's something that's pretty important. But I just boil it down to overcoming fear. Now, a fear being this kind of all-encompassing term, and, and it's, uh, I think, fear. You got you got Gungi learning uh, patience. Uh, you have uh, Petra overconfident, selfish, uh, for glory, not purpose. You got doubt and uh, Gennady, Zat with frustration, anger, with tech at one point, which I agree with, understanding even though he's a <laughs> tech master, but trusting himself versus the tech. Uh, Biff is the more direct fear. It's about finding courage. But all that dumps into the fear bucket for me. Uh, and Star Wars being about hope versus fear, finding hope within the fear. And those are things that are going to derail you. All those things are going to derail you uh, towards that us, towards that great us, to, towards these bigger goals. And I think from here, it's not that the other episodes don't introduce new themes, but I just think the other three episodes are built on what they all started to learn here. And now it's this real unplanned practical application of these lessons and themes. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with you. I think that that first episode kind of sets up a lot and then it is explored uh, both in kind of real world terms rather than uh, structured trial terms. And mm -hmm. it, it, I think, starts to kind of explode out to other characters in fascinating ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think at the biggest big picture, you know, trying not to get lost in the weeds, but but remind myself to kind of take a step back. I think the biggest thing is that it that it is a coming of age story, mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of Star Wars storytelling. But what I really like about it, and what I think makes it different and exciting, is it's this coming of age story where the manufactured trial that the the relatively safe trial that the mentors set up mm -hmm. to challenge uh, the young people very quickly become real trials where like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's nice that you learned those lessons i'm so sorry you're going to have to apply them or die <laughs> possibly <laughs> uh i love that that's made you know crystal clear yeah. in the second episode when uh Katuni, perhaps like the most you know emotional and, and maybe mm -hmm. vulnerable of them at least mm -hmm. in, in her voice performance which is so good where you see the pirates are attacking and she says is this part of our training <laughs> and Ahsoka's just like it is now 
Well, you know, you and I are kind of a tracking of uh, this this journey of the Jedi trials of mm-hmm. just when do we actually see them? And, and 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 to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm often wrong. You know, there hasn't been a documented canon version of here. Here, a stopwatch is out. Here's the trials. Right. I think there's some reference to them. Reference. Maybe we see a little bit of them in the Dooku audio that Kevin Scott wrote. But a lot of times yes. that we see it in canon, it's like that. Well, that wild thing happened out in life and everybody agrees that was your trial. Yeah. 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 And I just keep laughing. And you're right. And it's like, I believe the trials exist. I believe they're out there somewhere. There's a pole vault event. You go underwater with Robert Pattinson and Harry Potter. Like there's things you do to compete uh, and get your trials. But I just love that in, in a way we don't ever really need to see them because this is what matters. The real trials that are going to pop up for these Padawans in action. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, for me, I love that manufactured relatively safe trial. It doesn't, it doesn't feel safe. The, the emotions are high in that first episode becomes the real trial. And then it leads into this, this other kind of big picture idea about, you know, Hey, that's a thing that Jedi really need to accept. This is kind of one of the things, uh, one of the reasons that they try to accept that they can't control everything and focus on what they can control is that life is going to surprise you and you need to adapt. And Ahsoka's got a couple lines along that that line. She she says, we're going to fight, uh, just not the way they, the pirates, expect. Right. It's all about adaptation. And then, you know, when once the kids risk their lives, break the rules, don't listen to Ahsoka, don't listen to Kenobi, yeah. <laughs> and rescue Ahsoka, she's got that great line of, well, I've learned from my master that sometimes doing the right thing means bending the rules. Which, you know, I think mm-hmm. at one point in my life, I would have taken that as like, yeah, bend the rules. <laughs> right. It's like yeah, a cool yeah. thing, but more that just sort of like, look, we can manufacture a trial for you, uh, but that's not the way the galaxy works. It, the trials mm-hmm. are going to come up in in ways that you do not expect. No mentor is going to set the stakes. It's just going to happen and you have to be able to respond to it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so if I'm laughing there about that. You know, the, it, it, at one point you could be like, yeah, no rules indeed. The Jedi Order sucks, man. And I just need to think, calm down, calm down. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I want to get into some some bigger themes and see yeah. how, how they align with what you th- think. Um, mm-hmm. I really do think this that you're so right about fear. It's, it's all the different facets uh, of fear yeah. that the younglings are experiencing. But I felt like there was this overall idea within that of facing your true self, right? Mm-hmm. That each must face their flaws to find their crystal. Like it almost felt like the, the crystal itself was partially calling to them because it was situated in a place, in a way to challenge the part of them that is that is perhaps a flaw yeah. that they need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, go. it's like, it's almost annoying. Like this crystal knows me too well. It wants me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, having, a, uh, both a fun and a scary time imagining where my crystal would be. Which I have been <laughs> I since even... the first time I saw this episode of what would that cave do to me? Uh, uh, there's uh, a... my, my crystal's going to be like, I, there's so many things I can throw. Yeah. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think my crystal would be like, we're 72 of us and we're all saying that you could, <laughs> we could be yours. And like, you just, yeah. you, you have to yeah. decide. Um, uh, so uh, that goes along yeah. with Yoda's great line about you said we would be trapped, uh, uh, he said, but not by the cave, but by your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the whole cave thing is about the finding the crystal is about facing your true self. But then there's also so much about intuition. A lot of them have to find uh, follow their intuition to find the crystals. Yeah. Uh, we learn that lightsabers are not designed by what's the sickest design, <laughs> uh, but what is instinct, right? That they need to be yes. designed and constructed 
by trusting yourself. And that's one of those things that always just, it sounds like good advice or just like listen to your, your instincts, trust your gut, follow your intuition. Mm. Uh, but I really feel like what, what Star Wars is saying with, with the Jedi and getting at that is, you know, calm your mind, get rid of maybe some of the other voices or some of the society will mm. laugh if I do X and listen to you and you only in, in that moment. And I feel like that is following your intuition is a version of facing your true self. Oh, absolutely. I love that episode. The first episode with the literally a a path where many doors are are in front of you, your instincts are going to lead you forward. And only you could know which crystal is yours does speak to uh, not just agency and control of your life, but knowing you got to know. So which crystal's calling it's some instincts there and that's going to move you forward, man. Uh, big stuff, big Jedi lessons there. And, and I love the often trapped by our own minds. Oh my God. I, I hadn't, I, I forgot that detail. So I was, <laughs> I was a little, man, are they going to just leave these kids in here? Like I could, I could not remember for life of me how the episode <laughs> ended. And when Yoda's like, Oh no, you could push through the, uh, the ice that's never been a problem you're the one that's going to tell yourself you can't push through it so yeah you just assumed that from the way we laid it out which <laughs> I, I think that one is debatable too about uh, yep. if that's a uh that's a great mythic trial i don't know if everybody would agree with that as like say parenting <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair that's, that's fair <laughs> yeah yep. uh i i will not presume to have an opinion uh, uh about that one <laughs> I, but I, I really like it from a storytelling perspective and a you know question things uh, perspective but in a way it's it is petro not only uh uh facing his true self in terms of getting past his his competition and his uh selfishness to go help uh Katuni, but then also like that's a part of who he is good bad or otherwise he is brash <laughs> and oh. is gonna shatter and break things you know that's who he is I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Uh, you know, he he learns a powerful lesson. I get it. And, and he runs ahead and he's he's the one. He's a little selfish, like I said, a little bit for glory, more than purpose. I love him getting kind of put in his place by Yoda. Uh, but yeah, he might have been the only one to break through the ice in that moment. For Like, you know, uh, others, it, it's a great spiritual concept there to learn to trap by your own minds. But I think he's the only one that's going to be like, I'm going to do this. Boom. Broke it. Yeah, he did it. He did it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it, obviously their story in that first episode is is laid out uh, pretty well to the point of, you know, Yoda listing, you know, the the mm-hmm. things that they learned and overcome. Um, I think maybe just one of my favorite moments is I do love when Katoni says, what if I get up there and there's nothing? I'm like, are you moving to Hollywood, Katoni? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pain. Embarking on any long challenge, right? What if I yeah. get up there and there's nothing? I was like, oh. Too close to home, young lady. Yeah. Um, but then uh, just on this idea of facing your true self and to support what you were saying, I like that as the episodes go on, most of them do kind of make the most of their flaws, like like Petro blowing up his in, inverted Matrix lightsaber, uh, Zat mm-hmm. embracing tech, uh, Gennody, uh using her flight skills. Uh, Biff seems to get in more and more brave uh, mm-hmm. throughout. But then the, the thing that I thought was really interesting and tied the story together for me, Ken, is I felt like ultimately this was a story mainly about these younglings, but then Hondo kind of slowly became the main character mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. in that I think this was about Hondo facing himself and asking these questions of how far will he go for profit? Um, what mm-hmm. is the consequence of his greed? And, you know, Ahsoka asking him again and again, like, well, who are you today? Because, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're like this horrific monster who's willing to do anything 
And sometimes you're a silly, fun uncle. It's, it was almost like mm-hmm. Ahsoka saying, like, could you narrow out your character, narrow down your character, Hondo? And, mm-hmm. you know, in this crucial moment uh, that he does show honor and, and help uh, Katuni when she pushes him and says, everyone trusts you, you know? I, I yeah. thought it was meaningful that Hondo is you know, also the one who tells Boba Fett that, you know, his father did work with honor too. So I thought that was great that Hondo had to face himself the way the younglings did. No, uh, well said. This is key, key Hondo stuff. Uh, he is, he's, he's a bad man at times. Does, does bad things, says bad things, you know, um, can't, uh, you can't overlook that, but uh, I love the moment. Some of the, some of the sweeter moments in star Wars that I've watched recently is this episode, right? Uh, mm-hmm. great stuff. And, and Boba Fett, everything, sweet stuff. Um, I love that. I love the, the moment with Katoni at the end there. And I, I agree with you there. A little, you know, the, the and the younglings shall lead you. <laughs> yeah. So how do you take that? Uh, is is Hondo's character? Why do you think that he made that choice? Obviously, he bonds with Katuni. He he encourages her while she's building her lightsaber. There's a little bit of a comedy moment where he's like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and, you know, it seems like he can convince himself that this is in my best interest, you know. And I think he even has a line along that that path of hey look i need all these kids working and fighting so i'll boost this one up and and, because that's going to be better for me but at the end of the day at that moment when he's walking up the ship ramp he could just leave Mm -hmm. right and and leave the jedi uh, to rot and Mm katuni probably yell at him but eh, what's he gonna do Uh, why do you think he turns around you know, I, this uh, even Hondo gets the idea of trust being violated and how how bad uh, this this honor uh, in him. Uh, I I just think it's um, I I think when you're looking at the big theme here, pirates, Jedi, younglings, the galaxy, they're all fighting one evil, and the, it's the endless pursuit of power. And he's been playing in that power game, and I just I love I don't know I just think he has a moment where he he sees the bigger picture. He looks in her eyes and sees the bigger picture, and gets it. Yeah. I think for him, yeah, if, if he is somebody who is leading a kind of tortured life, swinging one day, as he describes it, Ahsoka, like one day I'm big on profit. The other day mm-hmm. I'm like kids. <laughs> so yeah. one day I'll horribly threaten children. The other day I'll kind of do anything because I melt my heart. If he is kind of aware that he's in this tortured uh, uh, state, uh, mm-hmm. he's just really had a lot of loss. You know, he, he yeah. says, I know I can't trust the separatists. I know Dooku really hates me. I know my time's coming. Oh, yeah. it's here. Uh, I don't, it's not, I don't think he's in love with the Jedi, but I think he mm. recognizes, hey, uh, if a war was coming, uh, they will actually defend me. You know, yeah. even after I have messed with them, they would still save me. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's faced it, it, grievous at your door. It, 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 it's uh, the downside of the deal you made with this, these devils. And even he's smart enough to get it. Um, but, you know, we don't know much about his past. We don't know where Rohando went wrong. Uh, maybe one day <laughs> find out. And look, it's not like he joins the Republic the next day. We don't see him fighting with the Rebellion later on yet. No. Yet. Who knows? Uh, and I love that about Honda. That's what I think is I think have come to grow about him. He is, he, he is who he is. Uh, but like Finn eventually had a face, you know, uh, after DJ's telling him uh, maybe it doesn't all matter, it does. Choose to decide. And I think, I think there's a little part of him that gets that. Yeah gets that this is going to be better for him in the long run and just that idea of like i do uh, when you push me i do value my own honor and yeah. and i yeah. i did tell everybody that they could trust me so yeah fine yep <laughs> without that without that what does hondo have nothing 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 uh so i got a couple other ideas of of themes that were laced in here but i want to uh, hear about yours as well what else do you yeah. got 
Yeah, a couple of the big ones that reflect the the larger story for me is this uh, idea we love uh, love talking about a lot here. Just this, everyone matters, younglings, droids, even pirates. Uh, there's something to be said for that. Again, talking about this, everyone fighting one evil, this endless pursuit of power. Uh, absolutely uh, true that everyone everyone should matter there. I love to, there's this uh, overall, you mentioned a little bit, fight, fighting is brought up a lot and fighting for survival uh, and keeping with uh, knowledge and defense, those big things. But there's also just, I, I kept thinking of Obi-Wan saying there are alternatives to fighting mm. and, and different ways to approach it and how they, they have to take what skills they have, where the situation they're in uh, and they're still bold enough to do it uh, to go save Ahsoka out of that kind of uh, good compassion, I would say good attachment. I mean, I don't think there's bad compassion, but bad attachment in the star Wars terms, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, uh, and, and if they had to find the way to do it, it wasn't charging ahead. It was becoming an acrobat team. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I think uh, there were a lot of picking your battles, deciding exactly what you fight for. Uh, the idea that lightsabers exist to defend others, you know, yeah. kind of clearly stated um, that uh, we get to see from Obi-Wan's perspective that he has to accept that the ship is lost and, you know, pick in a dangerous moment what he's fighting for. Hondo mm-hmm. chooses to fight for honor. I don't think it's a big point of the episode but it is a continuation of the character grievous that it is a great reminder that all he cares about is proving that he's the best warrior right and he's mm-hmm. just yelling at the ship like hey, he can't be beaten never yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's that's all he fights for you know as if somebody yeah. just told him like hey we all the entire galaxy agrees nobody can ever beat you in a fight you'd be like great <laughs> tie up my cape now and always running away yeah, uh, a couple other things that I that I really thought the episode underlined that I wanted to talk about briefly is um, connection and working together. Like obviously mm-hmm. that's in uh, the morals that we're talking about, uh, yeah. but it's emphasized so much uh, it, in that first episode. Uh, Ahsoka talks about entering the sacred Kyber caves and says, "Together and only together can we enter." And they, you know, use the force to get in. Uh, Yoda says, "Trust yourself, trust others, and succeed. You will about their trial." Um, and then, of course, that gets tested with uh, with Petro initially refusing to help mm-hmm. Katuni, learning his lesson and going back for her. Um, so that's all that's all there and pretty straightforward in, in the first episode. But then I like that it's built throughout the arc that once the once the real danger starts, the younglings pretty consistently work as a team. You know, yeah. uh, Petro's got a little bit of the, the wants to be the leader, but he still puts things to a vote. They vote to save Ahsoka, right? Right. Um, They literally work together is the acrobatic act, the animal instincts. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Uh, Get a lot of visual images of it. Mm -hmm. Like when they try to escape to the ship, it's this, that chain of holding each other um, (laughs) and the eventual, you know, twist that the Jedi and the pirates have to work together. And uh, that, that line of, we have a common enemy in Grievous together. We can get out of this. Uh, there's just uh, so many uh, ways that it is supported. It's shown as not just this, uh, you know, a motivational poster that Yoda slaps on the walls of the Jedi Temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's not just present in the sort of controlled setting of Ilum. It plays out throughout this adventure as they get into real life danger. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Big, big Star Wars theme as well. And just, again, going back to the first episode, laying it all out and then just detecting out the practical application of the galaxy. Uh, I absolutely love that. And, and the key to, uh, the key to victory later on in the galaxy. Absolutely. And, uh, final thing for me is this wasn't as big of one, but I thought it was really interesting that it was laced into the way people talked about things, the way characters talked about things. 
which is a lot of this theme of what is the essence of things or people. Like there were a lot of statements mm -hmm. about what things truly are. Uh, yeah. Yoda said the force made physical a Jedi is, which is, yeah. that's kind of a big line, right? Uh -huh. That That's our response. He, he says comes great responsibility with that. Yes. That idea of that, like we are the force, all of us together. And that's why Jedi aren't just like, Hey, go use use your your power to you know move the TV remote closer, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, but it's a responsibility. Uh, Yoda says the heart of a lightsaber, the crystal is. Uh, Yang says lightsabers are a Jedi's only true ally. Uh, Hondo has a bunch of different lines expressing what things are. He says kyber crystals are profit. Mm -hmm. uh, he says Ahsoka becomes the possibility of profit. Uh, Dooku says to Hondo, everything you own is now property of the separatist alliance. So it seemed to me like it was this uh, kind of push-pull where a lot of the the bad guys were saying, like, the value of a thing is what they can give to me. And the Jedi having all of these different philosophies of, like, what's the heart of this thing? We're really trying to examine what it what it is, what it means, and why it has value. Yeah, and then, all, you know, the Jedi, This it starts, uh, the news uh, thing up top starts, uh, the Jedi important to the galaxy because they bring order to chaos. Just kind of uh, the importance of even why we're spending time with the younglings for this arc, because we're losing yeah. Jedi. Uh, big stuff there. Yeah, yeah. So I just I really like that. I don't I don't think it was necessarily meant to be the heart of the episode, mm -hmm. uh, ironically, mm -hmm. but it was just some really powerful lines and some things I, that I definitely some quotes I want to remember. The Force yeah. made physical a Jedi is. That's a great one. Uh, I didn't write it down, but the one about like lightsabers are for defense. Period. <laughs> yes, that's why they exist. Uh, you talked yeah. a little bit about uh, how these themes in, in this arc reflect larger uh, storytelling and morality mm -hmm. of Star Wars. Anything else there? No, no, no. And all, uh, uh, I wanted to ask your opinion, being a, a Jedi uh, guy that, that you are there. Uh, <laughs> Huang say the lightsaber is a Jedi's only true ally. Uh, I loved that. It's pretty like, it's pretty bold. Like, you know, you're out there on your own. This is all you got. It's your trusty weapon, but also just because what the uh, lightsaber mean. Did you have, you, you have any kind of reaction to Huang there? Agree, disagree? All part of the picture? Oh. I really liked it. I think it is, you know, you, you got to understand where the characters are coming from. And this is an ancient droid who spends all of their yeah. time with lightsabers. So look, uh, <laughs> of course, yes. in a, a ranking of Jedi allies, uh, allies, Yang's going to rank uh, lightsabers number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I really liked it because I think um, sometimes when we talk about like Je Jedi possessions, they're not supposed to possess anything. Mm -hmm. uh, we see different characters break that rule, like. Anakin's like Steve Martin and the jerks like yeah I just have my lightsaber and this poster of a pod race and this and that and this that's all I need um, so you can kind of joke about it or see the Jedi is overly rigid I think yeah. this this is a really nice line for the philosophy of it is um, I, I am bonded with this yeah. weapon it's not just a weapon it's a symbol. Uh, I think it goes with, you know, with Obi-Wan Kenobi's this lightsaber is your life. I think it goes yeah. with with Ahsoka um, realizing the responsibility of losing her blade in Lightsaber Lost. Um, that it is it is about defending people. It, you have a relationship with it with the Jedi, the individual Jedi, but it is about defending people 
mm. including the Jedi. So uh, mm-hmm. I think it all kind of tracked for me. I think Hu Yang's putting it on pretty pretty thick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty heavy, he, uh, but he, I don't disagree. He wants you to get the upgrade and the the lightsaber building experience, three <laughs> a free tote bag with it, of course. Uh, no, I agree. That. I, yeah, I thought I thought a lot of uh, Obi Wan there, and just and how yeah, and how the lightsaber is used, what it represents to the people of the galaxy, because of what the Jedi, the Jedi represent. Yeah, it makes sense. Love love that. Just wait, I want to get more of your thoughts on that. And I yeah. got it. Yeah, I, I think there is the the risk of yeah, of like, but uh, they have a lot of allies. They make out sometimes pirates are their allies. But I think he's speaking more philosophically. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, great concentrate on that line. Uh, I already shared some of my uh, thoughts about uh, the picking your battles. I think that's some great stuff. So uh, unless you have any other big thoughts, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get into all the little moments. Anything else from you? No, other than, you know, Yoda, it's just next time tell me that the wall's not going to trap me and I just think it's unfair. <laughs> Good Come lesson. on, Yoda. Come on, Yoda. Come on, Yoda. <laughs> it Love does feel a little like a Yoda hosting a prank show of like, these younglings <laughs> think they can't break through ice. I love sassy Yoda. Let's see if they can figure their way out of this. We will be back in just a moment for more Yoda Sass. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back to continue our discussion of the great gathering arc of the Clone Wars. We are going to talk some of the fun moments, some of the canon moments. We start with action. Ken, did you have some favorite action moments? Well, first of all, I'm going to start with this overall thing here. I, again, uh, I had forgotten that there's a big Grievous battle with lightsaber duels. Just in the in my memory banks, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 circus tricks. So all, all I thought about him, that's my mistake. And so happy to be going back on it there. Uh, I'll go. One of the first ones uh, was uh, Zap, what I said, Zap blowing up his smartphone to get his crystal. <laughs> You know, kids, put down your smartphone. You'll find the way forward. But look, everything in my life's on my smartphone too. But anyways, I just love that moment. I know he's he's the one who understands tech, but I really love the use of uh, blowing things up with tech. I, yeah, I love the complexity of uh, he knows to be intuitive. I, I believe it's uh, he suggests using intuition, right? Um, yep. And then he's just so married to that tablet and it's failing him. And then he goes full uh, office space on the printer. <laughs> yes. And smashes it and then realizes this thing that was holding him back can also be a tool in using it to explode the ice. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, the other great action moment for me in that first episode is the uh, the Gungi slide. <laughs> oh, I did too. I wrote Gungi falling and slide into the ice. Loved it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you feel about there are there are two pronunciations? I believe Ahsoka says Gungi, and almost everybody else says a Gungi. Uh, there's a few times. There's also an Ahsoka Tano and an Ahsoka Tano. Apparently, as <laughs> I say Gungi, but uh, you could even say Gungi. I don't know, but Gungi. I like yeah. Gungi. I say Gungi, and yeah. uh, man, with the uh, with the captions on, the number of times that uh, Gungi vocalizes, <laughs> heaven, <laughs> great stuff. And the, the the slide on the ice with the little Wookiee feet, so so cute, so great. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what other moments of action going forward into this exciting, thrilling arc? Yeah, big sequence, of course, with Ahsoka saving the day in the hallway and the airlock. But part of that, uh, I love the training remotes used as weapons. Uh, yeah. Love that. Love that. You know, trained Jedi, and now they're turned against the pirates. It was fun. Yeah, I, I thought that was like a great, like, yep, yep. Well, we don't have lightsabers. We haven't been in fights before. This is scary. We, we're going to use our resources. Mm-hmm. And then just the viciousness of it, of the it's dark and all the blasts are going off. And uh, yeah. again, with the captions on, <laughs> yeah, uh, it says men groaning. So there's all these pictures of the Jedi kids smiling and then the captions say men groaning. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Pirates yeah. groaning. That is absolutely great. In that second episode, I also like uh, Huyang's uh, headless, armless kick fest. The uh, I've never lost a fight and I'm not oh, going to now. It's great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. I remember the first time around, I loved Huyang uh, uh, as a character. I loved the idea of him. I love them being shocked uh, that a, a droid could be a part of this spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the being voiced by David Tennant, uh, from, of Dr. Who fame and many other fames. Uh, but I, I, I always wanted him to be a little bit more kick-ass and I, I was happy mm-hmm. to remember that he does indeed defend himself. 
No, I, I definitely agree with that. That's uh, one of the probably uh, the one of the beats I forgot. Uh, and uh, yeah, an armless droid kicking pirates is uh, it's good Star Wars fun. <laughs> it is, yeah. And then Ahsoka Force pushing the pirates all around the ship has that real like okay uh, mm-hmm. hero moment, right? Now I'm they're chasing the Jedi around and they think they've got you know they think they're easy pickings and Ahsoka uh, steps up with her her bold plan and her big force pushes. It's pretty great. Yeah, no, her whole sequence. And I, I had a couple thoughts of just like we were talking about, you know, positioning Ahsoka as kind of this uh, main character in the Clone Wars and all that there. But just, uh, you know, you're, you're sending a Padawan off on this. And I think it's important you you learn as you become a teacher. So you learn even more about what you know. So makes a lot of sense. Totally, obviously, trust uh, this war veteran Ahsoka at this point. But I was just like, man, it's it's a Padawan and, and younglings. No night around. That's, that's, uh, that's big stuff for all of them. I love that. Yeah, I think it adds to the tragedy of mm-hmm. her leaving the order. You get the sense that Yoda knows that she's really special and that yeah. this this that this is, you know, this is an honor for her to be doing this, right? Like yep. she's getting really close graduating, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right there. Yeah. And I also just like the I love the big force pushers, but I also like once the the seals are, are broken and that she just is kind of she's floating along and just continues to grab hondo and throw him down (laughs) it's just got a real like i'm taking the trash out vibe (laughs) love that it's great stuff uh moving forward boy i forgot that there was that that much battle between kenobi and grievous's Uh fleet and going all the way through to kind of the the horror of grievous arriving and you know like he's done before, grabbing a clone, hitting a bunch of other clones with that clone, then crushing that clone. That uh, is cool action moments, uh, mm-hmm. but a great contrast to where our younglings are at, right? Like they're kind of yeah. taking these first steps. They are in danger with the pirates, um, but that these are the stakes. This is what they're being prepared for is this level of horror. Yeah, no, that's a great, no, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. And you're right. It's intense. And a lot of, you know, um, it isn't fun. It's fun Star Wars action, I guess you could say. But like clones are dying; they're pulling them out of the wreckage. That Y wing uh, being destroyed. I forgot the intensity of it. Yeah, absolutely, and and and, yeah. and it's a little bit of a loss for Kenobi, right? And, you know, I know it works for the story. He's not gonna be able to save them, but it's just like man, the, the Kenobi and his team getting his ass kicked uh, means something. It's you know, important, important uh, level of defeat. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and I like the way it ties into the plot of Ahsoka knows, like, well, if if the Separatists are here and Grievous is here, it means they, you know, uh, yeah. destroyed Master Kenobi's fleet. And I also like that Kenobi is just like, he, he, there's even some pushback. I believe that's Cody who is like, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I can't remember what Cody said. I didn't write it down, but Kenobi going like, no, I mean, the fleet's yeah. lost, but we're going to turn this loss into a victory with that great Kenobi self destruction hollow. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I call that the Ferris Bueller recording of, hello, I'm not home right now. Yeah, right, yeah, I'm sick right now. Yeah, love that. Uh, what are some other action moments for you? Oh, wait, we got it. I mean, that that fuel cell uh, toss, force toss slash explosion with, with, with Rex shooting it. Ah, come on. That's just some choice Star Wars action. Oh, that was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely great stuff. Uh, I, I wrestled with whether to put this one in action or comedy, but I had too many comedy lines. Uh, I do like once uh, the the younglings do have their lightsabers, they are just in full on action mode uh, against the pirates. But the separatists, uh, the moment where <laughs> they uh, they attack the B one droids and the B one droid reports, they're miniature Jedi. My knees. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, absolutely great stuff. Um, mm. 
And then there's also that uh, more heroic shot of there's that double stab of a droid uh, from, I believe, Petro and Katuni, which is nice since they, Petro, you know, is the one who almost walked away from Katuni to see them in, yes. in perfect uh, synchronicity. Katuni now uh, feeling feeling centered and has her blade working. Yeah, love that. Love, love that. Lessons in action. Lessons in action. How much, uh, you got some more? I, I want to have that, that speeder chase, man. Looking at the final episode mm. in this arc, just chock full of action. Action, like again, didn't even remember. And I love the design of all the ships, uh, whether, you know, they appeared in other things used before. It doesn't matter. Just a great collection of, of designs. I love the little speeder Grievous is on, the little mm-hmm. forward control and everything. I, I loved everything about that. Really good Star Wars stuff. That again, I, got, just, I was like, oh my gosh, this was all here. I was worried about Gamorrean clowns, which actually I like, but it's more than that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought uh, I really liked um, Ahsoka's brief standoff with Grievous because at this point in the Clone Wars, you know, like, hey, look, a lot of people fought Grievous and held him at bay. Uh, It's usually Kenobi, uh, not Anakin uh, for canonical reasons. Um, But this was really great to show like, okay, Ahsoka uh, can hold him off, but he is a threat, right? Yeah. get that energy i particularly like when he's just advancing and she does that roll and spring back up Mm, yeah yeah, i love that it's so acrobatic and it's kind of captures uh you know some good ahsoka vibes of like i keep springing up to fight so i thought that was great my final one is uh, you know it's partially just hearing the the sounds of those uh big cannons but i love uh fett's ship just pounding laser fire on grievous as he curls into fetal position (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and 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 I, you told, you're so right. The, yeah, from the the Orsing crash to the rebuilding here, it's a, it's a great use of the ship. Yeah, I'm very excited. I for, I kind of forgot it was coming, and as they're heading there, it's like, is is this? Did I dream this, or is <laughs> that ship coming back? Yeah. Uh, any more action moments, or shall we move on? Uh, no, let's go to some great comedy. Okay, let's go to moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness. Did you did you write down a lot? Because I wrote down a lot. I gotta hold myself back. Well, I had to. I had to hold myself back from Hondo stuff, which is a testament to this character uh, that I'll talk about a little bit of a relationship with. But yeah, there's a lot of great one-liners all through these episodes. A lot of great one-liners, a lot of great just kind of moments and moods. And yeah, Hondo's on fire between the writing and just the great comedic delivery. Uh, Hondo's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the time we got to Hondo, I'd already written down too many, so I think I only wrote down... (laughs) Yeah, two Hondo lines. Uh, I wanted to shout out um, the in the episode where the the kids finally do construct their lightsabers. Mm-hmm. That whole montage kind of fits into comedy, whimsy, weirdness, but also just kind of wonder. Maybe the yep. music is great. They're uh, it, it, you can just feel that they are in the right place. That they are waiting to be rescued and they're concentrating on what they need to do. It's a really beautiful montage. So I wanted to be sure to shout that out too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like, uh, uh, yeah, I like everything about it. And, and yeah, we can make jokes about building lightsaber at theme parks and everything, but that's why the theme park one works is sequences like this where you just pulled in by it and you get the joy of the characters and, and it's lightsabers being built. I loved it. Yeah, and the meaning of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so going into more specific comedy stuff, (laughs) it's an older nerd joke, but it uh, checked out for me. I love that sniffling. I was like, from my calculations, uh, taking into account the planetary movement in these systems, the sun only rises on Ilum every 19 days. It's just a a classic nerd joke, relatable (laughs) moment uh, from Zat. You're reading the facts and figures on his smartphone while sniffling from the cold. (laughs) Tech would be proud. Tech would be proud. Uh, I love it. All the voice work is so great. Uh, Katuni too, but they they do uh, in a charming way have that 
what you just uh, so uh, wonderfully uh, uh, did there of just that, like I'm I'm Katuni and we're gonna do it. We're gonna get through it. Yeah, it's just, it's it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah, and and all of them have uh, great great voices. Yeah, that which way. By, by the way, my nose is more permanently stuffed now than it was as a kid. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Uh, I have faith that you will uh, you will be unstuffed at some point. Um, in that first episode, uh, I also like uh, there's that great moment of they do use their intuition. They close their eyes and they point where they're going to go, and nobody's going with Biff. Yeah, <laughs> they say, oh, sorry, Biff. Looks like you're on your own. And then Biff vocalizes. I look. I get Biff. I get Biff. Uh, there was uh, recently uh, headed out to the comedy store with some pals, and we were saying goodbye to one of our pals who was moving, and we were all going to walk down to Barney's Beanery, which meant we had a cross sunset on a Saturday night. Kenny doesn't do that. Kenny looks for streetlights and stoplights, <laughs> and I. They all left, and I, I. I thought a couple of them had walked with me, and I turned, and everyone had left, and I had to walk like thirty minutes out of the way to get to this restaurant, and I felt like Biff, like you all ditched me. You left me to because I couldn't face my fear. <laughs> yeah, I mean that really uh, was that great vibe. There's something about like the comedy of it too, because like it's pretty straightforward, but a, a lot of them have kind of nuanced issues to work mm. through, right? And yeah. Biff's issues, like I, I don't have complex uh, mental tears. I'm bleeping scared. <laughs> there's a there's an oven monster. <laughs> I don't want to be alone, and there are monsters. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And just made the most of really uh, uh, humanizing Biff mm. while also having some comedy fun with the fact of not hearing uh, his words in English. Yeah. Or yeah, music. yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, what are other moments for you? All right. Well, yeah. Getting to some individual lines. Uh, well, you mentioned I, I will have Kenobi's Ferris Bueller pre recorded message did really make me laugh, uh, especially when Grievous kind of falls for it. And then realizes, um, I come on, sassy Yoda, a crystal you have found, water you have brought. Come on, that's hilarious. That is very good. And, and very, I want to know, good. okay, what Yoda's already there? Is he just have shifts where he hangs out on Ilum? Does he get there in another ship ahead of time? He's doing some meditation, get some work in before the kids arrive. I, I, I just love that he just there. I, I would have been like, what are you doing here? Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, I like that it's Yoda's relationship with the younglings. Like even yeah. again, you know, in the war, that's what he really wants to be doing is teaching the younglings. So he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to surprise them. That, I mean, that's also a great, <laughs> great point. Yeah, we want him here. This is what he needs to be doing. And it, it's, it's his passion always has been. But yeah, there's a war on Yoda. Come on. Come on. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's part of the, this arc, right? That it is a mm -hmm. slight, it, it does not uh, uh, make you forget the Clone Wars are going on and that they're oh. horrible, but we've had so many episodes and we got more of how the Jedi are failing and it is nice to see Ahsoka and Yoda, you know, kind of Jedi with hearts of gold, still mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing, keeping things moving. Yeah, but the, again, the newsreel up top sets the importance of needing new Jedi and uh, yeah. generations forward, so I totally get it. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I love the, that Yoda's there and uh, and sassy. <laughs> um, sassy. Heading into some of the other episodes, I, I did like I do like that they make the most out of uh, uh, Petro uh, truly being a leadership type mm -hmm. and having that kind of personality, uh, but also the comedy of just being like you smug little. Uh, like like it when he's practicing and goes, I call that move the whirlwind of destiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think you and I were you looking up the history of that. That was a fan contest win where a fan uh, submitted 
Did, uh, yeah, hilarious. I knew nothing about this. This is new to yeah. me. Okay, yeah. So it is uh, uh, back then. Uh, there was some contest held of like you get in the Clone Wars by by you you name the move, and then they animated the move, or, or maybe the move was animated and your name won, uh, and uh, and that, that was the winner. We're a winner. Wow. <laughs> well, hilarious. well done. Whatever child came up yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. The, uh, the other Petro moment for me is when he's being cocky and saying, with this lightsaber, I'm going to challenge Obi-Wan Kenobi to a duel. And then the little bleeper does the Kenobi pose. <laughs> he does. And then, you know, I'm going to take out Grievous. Well, you get your chance later. <laughs> yeah. Let's see about that. Also, just some, without dwelling on it, some great stuff of like, yeah, you're not really getting what that lightsaber is about, kid. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Uh, what are some more for you? Um, I, yeah, it's hard not to list all the, all the, uh, uh, stuff with, uh, Hondo. So, you know, I'll go to Katoon. He's got a line, a line with Petra after he built his lightsaber first. And he's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I think you finish your lights, lightsaber. doesn't mean you know how to use it. I just love that, uh, lesson there <laughs> going to what you were just saying with Petra's lesson. Um, yeah, yeah then, oh, gosh, it does get to, I'm looking at my list. Uh, there's some good droid humor, right? Uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah. after they, after Grievous leads him, they drive, die. But holy moly, Hondo on fire, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let, let, let me, I'll share a couple other and we can yeah. get, get into Hondo town. Um, I did like, I liked everything Hu Yang says. I thought there was a lot of depth. I thought there was a lot of whimsy. But the one I particularly liked because it was just in the delivery when he was, uh, you know, did that great scene with uh, a Gungi uh, telling him like, no, don't tell me what you want. You know, imagine it really in your hands, what fits. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, it's the, the, the wood, which is great. And then he has the, where would we find that? All the way out here, far from anywhere, deep in space. <laughs> yes, yes. Followed immediately by the multi-limb search and the, the, there's a great, like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's not mine. It just, it, it was, it had that great, like, everything that you kind of want from the mysterious mentor, I think, I think really reacting to, you know, uh, uh, Ollivander, uh, the wizard, you know, helping, finding the wands, but adding this Star Wars droidness and this Doctor Who voice to it is great. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, well done. Um, yeah, and then uh, a couple other things quickly is uh, I, I like it when uh, Priego is prepping the kids. <laughs> and he says, mm. the pirates are an unforgiving audience. <laughs> it felt exactly the same way when I was doing children's theater. It's like, mm. the sixth graders are an unforgiving audience. Nah. Yes. Uh, and then when they, when the kids do the flip in is the acrobat group. And uh, there's so many moments like this where Ahsoka knows what's going on. Just like, Oh no, oh, they, no. they're not posing. Oh no. Uh, so, so great. So great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let, let's get into Hondo. Man. I mean, pick a lie. We all know how much I like to be rich. Made me laugh. My mood is based on profit, uh, you know, valuable lessons to be learned in that. Uh, I love that. I love the exchange with uh, um, Ahsoka. You will wish you'd been, you'd been born a protocol droid. Mm, sometimes I do anyway. <laughs> Just the <laughs> old man energy of, uh, what, I'd rather take a nap. Um, I love that. Uh, they just drunk Hondo. Oh, Lord. When he's dancing and he's like, yeah, yeah talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> it's number one. It's me at a wedding. <laughs> but uh, it, hilarious stuff there. Yeah, I think my favorite one uh, was maybe just because it's kind of a different style of joke for for Star Wars of the, I may not be as young as I once was, but I'm older. (laughs) Yes. not It's like, did he forget to say wiser uh, or just kind of lost the train of his thought? Uh, The I'm flying, I'm flying, followed by the just, you know, comedy crash, the absolute (laughs) slapstick. 
Buster Keaton yeah. smash up is yeah. great. Him explaining why Dooku doesn't like him anymore, just really yeah, hilarious in some way. I like his pirate, his uh, one of his guys running in and going, boss, boss, we're all in trouble. And he's, he's, he's shot dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it made me laugh. Yeah, I smell profit in from the earlier episode is pretty yeah. great too. Is a yeah. way to a good entrance moment. I smell profit. Absolutely great stuff. Um the, the other one I like is uh, even after they forged their little bond when Katuni's got her lightsaber working and hops on the speeder and says, "I got your back." <laughs> yes, great. It feels so safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him saying uh, "Geno Grievous," I presume, is you know just being an a-hole about it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely great stuff. Uh, almost every line. Uh, mm-hmm. Final thing for me, comedy whimsy, wonder. <laughs> wonder. I've added that now. Weirdness. The oinking, grunting, as the uh, subtitles say, sad Gamorian clown. I just, I really do truly love that Gamorian clown. Um, yeah. Partially because I, I don't know if I just even missed it the first time I watched it. I, I really like this arc as I was speed watching it, uh, particularly the first episode. I like there being performers. Uh, but this arc uh, kind of holds a special place in my heart too because there's this one panic moment. I don't even remember what year. I think 2017 where it was announced that um, uh, Clone Wars was leaving mm-hmm. uh, Netflix in like two days and my right. wife was out of town. And I it was just like, I'm dropping everything and watching <laughs> some Clone Wars. And this was the arc that I needed to re-see. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if I, I, I think I forgot I just didn't remember the morning clown was there and I was just mm. such in the right place to receive it. Of like, yes, yep. this is the spirit of star Wars though. Why not? Let's have some fun in the picture of this very traditional clown, but it's a Gamorrean. I just love. Well, the, the whole circus just being kind of uh, uh, built on these wonderful um, aliens all around the star Wars galaxy, uh, pod racers and Gamora. They just, I just like uh, taking those characters and put them in, in this wonderful, entertaining way. Yeah, and kind of answering that question of like, oh, great, if the pirates just sit around and party, like they mm. do seem like a receptive, uh, if not, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, forgiving audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, any other moments of uh, whimsy comedy? Uh, the final one for Hondo. I, sorry, I'm just quoting Hondo, but just when he's charging Kenobi the bill for service, basically the end, <laughs> and it just, you know, the stress, the stress on my, my guys. And then he says, a couple of them died, I think. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah no and i mean it, it is or we talk about it a little bit more as we get into canon but it is i like it at the end of like you're trying to charge us for rescuing <laughs> the people that you put in danger yeah yeah, yeah. it would have been a good scam if you planned it yeah but it, yeah all leads to that i love that just uh, you know it, it's a little bit of whimsy and wonder but just him and that uh look back and nod to katuni was real sweet and uh, and you know again the development of hondo has been an interesting thing to track yeah and and uh, yeah a good setup for uh his connection with ezra right it seems mm-hmm. like hondo's always shifty you always got a question but he seemed to really truly like ezra yeah, and, and I was going to say my relationship with him, it's like uh, back in uh, 2014 when I was doing Jedi Alliance, I had my friend, uh, comedian Joey Rockenstein, uh, was on the show. I was going to come on the show, and he's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, can we talk Clone Wars? And I go, great. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. And he goes, I really want to talk about Hondo. And I literally, I was like, is Hondo the pirate guy? Like, what? Didn't he just have like a cameo or something? He's like, no, Hondo. And I just, you know, I just, you know, you watch all these things. They go in into your mind sometimes. It was a different era. And now to see how much Hondo all the way is all the way through the Clone Wars, but how bad he is at times, how evil he is at times, how funny he is at times. I just completely underestimated him as a character. So happy to revisit that and, and get to love Hondo more. 
Yeah, well, I love hearing that. Let's dive into the canon and lore connections. And I want to talk about Hondo a little bit because I think I've had the same, like, I liked him. I thought he was funny. But I've even said a lot on the podcast about, like, okay, but, like, eh, he he swings wildly from Mm -hmm. incredibly violently dangerous and uh, silly fun uncle. Um, Obviously, he's a little older in Rebels, so I think that kind of works that he's mellowing out and things are not going as well for him and he's yeah. more of a can i just scrape by and make some deals not like i'm a threatening adversary yeah. um so that growth always made sense to me but i think i remembered my initial emotions from that second episode of this arc where mm. i'd like that first one i like these kids i liked ahsoka i was rooting for ahsoka i was like pirates can't take out a jedi ship you know yeah yeah <laughs> and really feeling the terror of what he's doing and feeling a little bit like, are we trying to have our cake and eat it too? That mm. he can be that terrifying and then silly fun. And I had truly forgot that this episode, this arc, just deals with that. Absolutely mm-hmm. crystal clear out front, right? Yeah. Uh, like uh, Ahsoka says, uh, you seem less hospitable than our last meeting. And Ando mm-hmm. says, my mood is based on profit. And today mm-hmm. I'm in the mood for crystals. And then uh, Ahsoka questions him again when he's agreed to work with them and has been supporting Katuni. And he says, well, today is a new day. And luckily today, I like children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is really pointing at his character and saying like, yeah, yeah, we, we've played him as an absolutely deadly threat. And we have played him as an ally sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, an unreluctant ally. And uh, we have played him as your fun uncle. And that's he's all those things and mm-hmm. he knows it you know yeah. i like that the arc just says that he's a he's a complicated character yeah yeah again way more depth than i ever gave him credit for it's been it's been fun to i might need to go get a hondo figure and he, by the way he's great at galaxy's edge <laughs> <laughs> he is he is yeah. so did you feel did you feel like this uh arc was having its cake and eating it too or did you feel like it was playing fair and saying yep he's a conflicted character with many sides no, I absolutely think he's is playing fair, especially the way it's just absolutely addressed. And 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 it leads to such it's a quiet, subtle moment. It's a great acting choice from Hondo. <laughs> and 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 I don't know if I don't know if you heard Jim Cummings voices him now, apparently. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think it was of him to just you know, the, it, when it dawns on him a little a little bit earlier with Katuni kind of pleading with him to 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 help and 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 hitting him with that trust thing I, but i love the the end beat of him where it's just silent he he's not she doesn't call out to him he just senses it he feels it and and and, and i i don't think in that moment he's having his cake and eating too i just think he uh he's acknowledging uh, uh the, the truth she taught him and, and maybe he'll do something with that or maybe he won't you know as he goes on in his story um so yeah no i think it's deeper than than i than i would have thought earlier on yeah and I feel like he is he is somebody who has a, hey, everybody's out for themselves. The whole galaxy is about making a buck. I love making a buck. You know, I think that's true. And I think, uh, you know, he is ruthless and selfish, but he does seem to have a real soft spot for kids. You know, being there, he was there for Boba, right? And said, Boba, do you really want to make this choice? Is it the choice your father would have made? You know, mm-hmm. um, to this relationship with the Katuni, to the relationship with Ezra, to who knows what we'll see in the future with weird, dangerous, funny Uncle Hondo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so going back in the episode to just Ilum and Kyber Crystals in canon, obviously this is not their first appearance in canon, but this is where a lot get gets locked in in our, our modern canon. Mm. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that other than what we already discussed? 
No, no, other than I just, I really do love the expansion of this idea. It all makes sense, the Jedi's connection to the weapon, and I think leads to more powerful storytelling too, uh, even with stuff with Rey and her blade, her, her, her you know, let, letting the Force in, all that kind of stuff. So it really works for me. It's a good base for more storytelling. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I do have this question for you. Is the Crystal Cave, do you think it's a virgins in the Force, like the Tree Cave on Dagobah? Like that moment with Biff, was it like, was that just like, oh, some gases are releasing and it kind of <laughs> yeah, looks yeah. like a monster? Or is the cave like, ah, this kid's I, a scaredy, a, a scaredy yeah. authorian, so we're going to scare him so he can try to push through it? I kind of like the Force having uh, a little bit of that kind of reaction. I'm not going to say having fun with anyone, but knowing what it needs to uh, <laughs> present with you, you know? Like even the fact that Katuni's uh, hers is high above and she might have a fear of heights and, and just the, the lesson of risk and, and committing to that journey. Um, but every time they picked the, the, the crystal and everything kind of faded away, I was like, that, is that what they just, that was what was there all along. And the rest was just what was, uh, as, uh, Yoda would say was, you know, you're trapped in your mind. So I, I, I guess I'd lean towards that, which might be the more realistic side, but I kind of like the idea of the force going, oh yeah, all you need to see, uh, what your father is. Here's, here's a vision of Vader in a, in a, in, in, in a lightsaber. You know, I, I like that idea. Too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think some of the virgences that we've seen with the mirror cave and the Dagobah mm-hmm. tree cave are they're about uh, trying to break you, I think, yeah. is the way I interpret them. And I feel like if you're to interpret the crystal cave this way, it is trying to help you past uh, yeah. a fear and an anxiety. Yeah, no, I like But that. I do like the idea that you could look at it as Biff being force punked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he made you think you saw a monster. Sorry. Uh, there is a use of wizard, which is lovely at the beginning. They, when yeah. they learn what the gathering is, it's, mm-hmm. there's so much like us. They're excited to build their lightsabers. That is a wizard. Yes. Uh, and then I want to be sure to talk about Professor Yang. Uh, mm-hmm. Similar in design to the one of the droids that shows up in Maz's castle, ME-89. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wikipedia says about that droid, once known to be an assassin, the droid later served criminals as a translator. Although her origins were unknown, some believe she began her life with the Jedi Order. I think that's one of those times where designs were close and some uh, connections were being made. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to throw out that connection. But I also wanted to ask you, Ken, just about the idea of Professor Yang, the the importance of uh, the Jedi having this ancient droid in this very intuitive and spiritual role. How do you feel about that? Uh, right, right. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought of it too much in, uh, you know, kind of uh, organic versus mechanical type of point of view. I just, I don't know, there's... Um, Something very fairy tale about it for me uh, of this droid. You need it to be a droid, right? Unless it was a, you know, Yoda himself or Maz can hang out there for thousands of years. I think the importance of the information, information being safe and secure and documented every lightsaber, right? And whoever built it uh, uh, in his mind. So I, I really like it. It was very mystical. And, and I remember even loving it then um, uh, of just this idea of he's, he's there all along. He's, he's there in the center. So I, I, I'm behind this idea. Yeah, I think it was really a, like, a let's challenge what we know. Let's challenge the audience mm-hmm. what they know. Let's challenge uh, the younglings with what they know. Like, a droid's going to help us do this. Like, I forgot mm-hmm. that line was explicitly there to bring that forward. It just yep. seems like a, a great way to have that idea of just, like, don't judge, you know, immediately by by what you see. And I just, I, I always am a sucker for old characters. I like how much they emphasize mm-hmm. how ancient Huyang is with the the slow walk out, yeah, <laughs> and you know the weird kind of doubling of his voice, like his uh, you know, his vocoder is not quite working anymore, you know. Yeah, and even him making the jokes of uh, hey, they're getting younger and younger. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, canon-wise, there is the return of Fett's ship. I remember the first time watching Aura Singh uh, crash it going, hey, <laughs> right, uh, we got an issue here. Uh, and then clearly, Hondo's like, hey, I'll rebuild that. And at some point that I believe has been referenced, but I don't believe we've seen the story or read the story or heard the story, obviously, uh, Boba Fett gets it back. How do you feel about uh, the arc of tracking that ship? Oh, I actually love it. Again, kind of forgot this little detail. Uh, but when we were doing the Columbus Report, I even forgot that it kind of, I knew it reappears, obviously, but this would be the spot. And it makes a ton of sense. It's there with Hondo. Uh, loved to, I'd love to track it. I would love to keep going with it. It's like, you know, write your name on a dollar bill and see 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 where it goes. So it is with Django <laughs> Fett's ship. At this time, it's a little bit more Django's ship than Boba's. Yeah. Uh, so I love that idea. Yeah, it was great. I love just the 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 Clone Wars cleanup of coming back uh, for that idea, and I love the weird mix of like it's pirates and Jedi younglings on what will be Boba Fett's ship. There was those cannons roaring. I love seeing it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, last thing for me, obviously, there's a ton of aliens and, and fun species and masks, um, but didn't want to dig into all those details. So the last thing I wanted to talk about in canon is uh, that hint that Yang is going to tell the story of Yoda finding his lightsaber crystal. <laughs> and Kenobi's like, not now, not now. <laughs> and I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Right, right. It To me, it it, it, it has some good Star Wars uh, rhyming with Maz Kanata saying that is a good question for another time about how she got Luke's lightsaber. But how do you yeah. feel about that? The idea that, oh, there's some adventure that Yoda had when he was uh, young and uh, we don't get to hear it. We get to imagine it. Well, I love the idea that, uh, you know, stately sassy Yoda maybe got into some trouble or maybe he maybe he got trapped in there for 19 days and he couldn't push out <laughs> uh, the ice there and he didn't try it. Maybe that's part of what he's doing, not taking it out on these kids, but just going, I'm going to teach you what I didn't uh, learn soon enough. Uh, I would love um, younger Yoda. You know, uh, we, we're seeing what a 50 year old version of uh, the species looks like and acts like. So give me give me like a 150 year old version of Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder exactly what age he was, and I wonder if he was a real hot shot. Oh, yeah. 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 I think he could maybe uh, relate to Pedro. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Any other canon or lore thoughts for you? Tiny little ones. Uh, I made it mentioned earlier, but just Katoni saying Ahsoka Tano, Natano. Somewhere Palpatine's going, I thought it was a Shokashino. I don't know. There, I love it. Uh, Gungi hearing the high-pitched squealing, uh, harkening mm. back to uh, Chewie in uh, the original trilogy, um, hearing that and, and that getting at Wookiees. I like that. Uh, and then uh, Grievous at one point saying, dispense with the pleasantries. Oh, yeah. Love that one. Yeah, I think uh, Yoda has a so certain are you. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, dispense with the pleasantries. That is a great bad guy line. Yes, it is. It is, yes. <laughs> Don't you say hello to me. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything in this arc that you disliked or questioned? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, which is often my answer, I understand. But we're, we're kind of discussing these versus picking them apart. But um, I think I think uh, going in, I, I had a lot of doubts of what was there. And, and the circus, and again, not that I disliked the idea of the circus in there, but that that was... The bulk, I just always remember like, oh yeah, then they join a circus. Is that what, was that what, and it's like, it's so, such a key part, but small part of the whole story. So I think I got over some of that stuff there. And it's interesting that, you know, there was this thought of, um, if you read in some of the notes that uh, 
uh, Pablo had tweeted out that, that Lucas actually kind of this almost became a spinoff series. And this and this was going to be the, this was actually to a, a, like a movie shown at one of the early celebrations. Mm. And it makes in watching. I, I saw that note before I, I took the dive back into these and it makes a lot of sense. It's very complete. And there's always that talk of a young, you know, hairy part of the Star Wars. You said earlier, you know, talking about that connection. Uh, it could work, and this is a good blueprint for what it would uh, what it would be like. So, not so much a question, just a bigger question of would we ever get this again? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I did not uh, get a chance to read some of those uh, behind the scenes things that I sometimes do. So I love it when you have because that's really insightful and, and very interesting. I basically watch this like a movie because I watch them one right after the other. Yeah, yeah same. And it yeah. does work uh, work really well. Um, there's nothing I disliked or questioned. I, I really love uh, the circus. And in fact, I forgot mm-hmm. to write down Biff is so funny in the circus. They're all funny. But yeah. the way, you know, the the, the one who is most fearful um, suddenly it becomes almost a ham <laughs> when they're on stage. Uh, you know, for some reason, as a theater person, I related to that. But yeah. Biff in the mask with the flowers and the big, almost Ethorian jazz hands. Oh, yes. yeah. love it. Loved yeah. it. Uh, the one thing that I would say is I, I think that as the art goes on, we do get a, a more focus on some of the Padawans. And I, I really like uh, uh, Gungi. Obviously, Gungi is a fan favorite. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first uh, times that we got to see a Wookiee as a Jedi and the, yeah. this amazing lightsaber with the wooden handle. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of great stuff. And I feel like his kind of lesson of impatience doesn't get picked up on as much that thread throughout the rest of the arc. Mm, there you go. So that's my glaring criticism. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back for that. We'll do a Gungi sequel. Yeah. I, and I, I almost didn't bring this up, but I think I need to, Ken. Mm. Um, how, how much do you just shut off the where are they now <laughs> question in your mind when you're watching these? absolutely likable younglings mm. they're all alive and they're gonna make make uh, cameos in kenobi <laughs> they retired and joined the circus right i mean yeah. it's right there it's right right there, right there. <laughs> yeah the, yeah there's gonna be uh yeah absolutely um yeah absolutely yeah no uh um you know i imagine they might have put up a, a fight but unfortunately maybe it didn't go well but i just you know i don't know i, I like the idea of uh pull Gungi out and, and, and give me a comic series and he already pops back in. I don't think you need a Gung, a Gungi five issue arc, but you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't mind one of these characters popping back up in star Wars. Well, I'm looking forward to the revelation that it was Gungi who rescued Grogu. It's right there in front <laughs> from of us. the Jedi temple. It's right there in front of us. Yeah. It's right there in front of us. Yep. The gift and the curse of the clone wars. You fall in love with these characters yep. and you're like, wait, but what? Um, <laughs> hmm, eh. Mm. But in my mm. mind, they are uh, the animal instincts, one of the great uh, circus acts traveling the galaxy. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, no, absolutely uh, not. I, I mentioned the Honda stuff. I wanted to kind of get through uh, uh, just because it was it's fun to revisit that. And the character that I, you know, we and Rebels and you and I talk in Clone Wars. I, I, I love him now. And it was, I just I just can't believe I overlooked his uh, true importance in place. So happy to now. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, this rewatch of this arc helped me enjoy Hondo even more. So I'm happy for that. Uh, I already mentioned the great uh, David Tennant is Hu Yang. I think he does a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. a fabulous job. So uh, shout out to some Doctor Who in 
our Star Wars. Ken, if you could have a figure or merch of any kind from this arc, who or what do you want? Well, we need all of uh, Priego's team. We need them all. We need the whole circus. <laughs> we need the, the Gamorrean clown. We need all of it. And you can throw in the animal instincts in there as well. You need a big giant uh, HasLab playset. Uh, crowdfund this now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, look, I, I want action figures of almost every character. If I had to pick, you know, uh, Gungi, come on. Yep. There's a reason he's a fan favorite. Uh, mm. I love that. I'd love it if you he could come with a a, a, a tablet that uh, explodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd love Biff uh, in costume and out. Uh, Hu Yang would be great. But here's the thing I really want, Ken. They haven't done a lot of these uh, with, it's an action figure that comes with another thing. And mm. I want the deluxe Gamorrean clown set that comes with a beautiful action figure and also a black velvet painting of the Glamorian clown. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Hang that on the wall there. Uh, and so all, many merch uh, dreams. Also, worth, we did that big Star Wars ranked, uh, our favorite jackets. You know, we did, I, I, every one of the jackets on Elam with these younglings could have been in that episode. Great jackets. Oh, they're they're rocking some great jackets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is our big look at the gathering arc. Next up, George Lucas's stated favorite arc of the Clone mm. Wars season five, episodes 10 through 13, the D squad arc. It's all droids and Mieber Gascon and a clone. We uh, cannot wait to get into that. It's one of the, uh, I would say, if not controversial, one of the, the episodes that maybe fans are challenged by. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's fair, Ken? I am one of the most challenged fans by this. I'm <laughs> most challenged. And I have said, have had dinner with Stephen Stanton and to his face said, I just don't know about Mieber, which he's laughed and he's <laughs> taken it uh, with a good, good, good start, a uh, good grain of salt. Um, but look, I also didn't love AP5 singing in space. And now I absolutely adore that moment. So I uh, I think I've been waiting for the Rift Hampson. That's one thing. Gamorian Clown's one thing. Me and Mieber Gascon, we're going to sit down and have a conversation and see where we are. Uh, yeah, I, I have rewatched lots of Clone Wars. I don't think I've rewatched this arc uh, because mm. I was powering through. I saw the mall was coming. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a Mandalorian. There's a mall. Let's go. Let's go. Got to get through the droids. And I'm so excited uh, to rewatch it and really engage with it. So looking mm. forward to that episode. Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? The moral of this episode should be you don't need to run away to the circus. You're already in the circus. Find yourself in it (laughs) and make your dreams come true on this podcast. You might be doing flips right now and not know it. That's inspiring. Very inspiring. (laughs) Where can people find us? Hey, we're the Four Center Podcast. We found on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. And uh, don't forget, uh, you can get an audiobook on us, if you'd like, by going to audibletrial.com slash center. We're in a lot of different spots, including Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a lot more. Just search and you'll find us. Uh, merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash center, And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. You can find me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com, for all the other things I do, including my radio show, Pop Rocket Radio on Mixcloud. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all sorts of adventures in the world of comedy, past, present, and future. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the animal instincts, this has been the Clone Wars Report.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.